Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Hey, coming out of worship, let's pray together. Lord Jesus, here we are. Uh, it really is all about you. We join with all creation, which sings your praise and worship you in this day. We need you, Lord Jesus, and the leading of your spirit as we now open your word. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hello. Welcome. Welcome to the, the mountaintop. It's, it's not the highest one, um, obviously, but boy, we, spectacular views uh, from up here. And uh, we're beginning a series today. It's called The New Normal. We're, we're definitely at a pivot point in our time in history, wouldn't you say? We're, we're at a crossroads. We're right here at a, at a crossroads on the hilltop. So much of our normal life has been, has been stripped away, and it's been challenging for us. And any time we experience that kind of loss, we, we can expect to experience grief, maybe sadness or frustration, fear, anger, even. That, those are all normal parts of of when we're grieving something. But, you know, in addition, when we're at a crossroads, when we're looking at a new normal, it gives us really a new opportunity uh, to kind of change directions. It's, uh, um, and it's something we want to do. We want to be prayerful about it. We want to be purposeful about it and, and want to follow the Lord's lead through all this. You know, you, you've been at crossroads before, significant times in your life that life will never be the same from this time on. I mean, I asked our staff at staff meeting this last Monday, you know, what, what have been those times for you, those significant pivot points where you knew life would never be the same? Well, of course, many said, well, when we got married, uh, that for sure was a time where, hey, the single days are gone, the little grieving of that even, but... Uh, Life will never be the same as I go into it alongside this one that I love so very much. Others mentioned, you know, when we had our first child, when we had a, when we had a child, it was, wow, what a pivot point. I mean, and they told us at the hospital, you know, you need to take this baby home. You can take him home and you go, wow, wow my life is never going to be the same again. But not all of the pivot points in our life are that exciting and, and even happy. Some of them are really broken times when we lose a loved one or an illness kind of takes away our um, quality of life or something like that. And it's a, it's a new normal. Life will never be the same. Others mention, hey, when I, when I came to Jesus, man, my life has never been the same. And so many of us would agree with that for sure. Or when... You received a call like, like you knew, this is what the Lord wants me to do. It got real clear for you, and you, you went that way. When it came to a crossroads, you stepped out in faith and followed what the Lord had for you. We're going to go to God's Word now, and in the book of Jeremiah, the prophet so long ago talks about being at a crossroads. Now, he has a pretty tough gig. He was called the weeping prophet. Uh, for good reason, he had to give God's people some pretty hard, hard news, um, and and they wouldn't follow it uh, at all. But here's what he says about a crossroads. Turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah six verse sixteen. This is what the Lord says: Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest 
for your souls. But you said we will not walk in it. You know, when we get to a crossroads, when the people of God were there at that crossroads, Jeremiah said, the first thing you need to do is ask. You have to ask for the the way. Here it says, ask for the ancient paths. But it's not just words. It's not just asking, but then it's obey. It's walk in it. Walk in it. When he says this way, there's an action out of obedience and faith that it takes. And then it has this promise. It says, you will find rest for your souls. That is your mind, your will, and your emotions. It sounds really good, doesn't it? To have rest for our souls. Now, to their destruction, the the people of God at this time in history wouldn't follow the Lord. They said, we, we're, we're just not going to listen. We're not going to walk in your way. We're going to stick to our old normal, to our old ways, walking in our own paths. And they wouldn't follow God uh, and took the wrong path. And uh, boy, it was, uh, it was a hard time for the people of God as they went into captivity then. Now, a question that's begging to be asked uh, these days and needs to be answered by each one of us is, where will God, that is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, lead us if we are willing to both humble ourselves and actually ask for directions? What will be the new normal as we go from here? You know, from God's Word, we know that it will likely be the road less traveled. It may not be the most popular way. It never really has been. But the way of Jesus will also be the, the abundant way. He promises this shalom, this, this joy and this peace and greater love in, in abundance uh, if we follow him. Despite the hardships, despite the hard things that we uh, may very well go through. And then we also know it's going to be led by the Holy Spirit. There's strong teaching that says, hey, keep in step with the Spirit. The Spirit will show you the way. When you get to that pivot point, when you get to the crossroads, follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. We want to explore what's this ancient paths? What, what, was, uh, what was Jeremiah asking? What was he referring to? And Ty's going to share a little bit about that just from a a different perspective, a different view. I I think you're going to like it. Let's go to let's go to Ty. So, what are these ancient paths that Jeremiah mentions? Well, it's a good question. When we're talking about ancient paths, it makes me think of what everyone is saying right now. I just want to go back. Take me back. I mean, no, not not to the ancient times, but just take me back to normal. I can't wait to get back to how things used to be. Now, I know I've said that personally, and I've felt that a lot lately. But I've also caught myself saying how much I've enjoyed parts of this season. Being at home with my family has been amazing. It's been great. The pace of work hasn't really changed, and yet it feels like it has somehow due to the work-from-home environment that we find ourselves in. And I love how I've been forced to slow down and focus on things that really matter. I feel like I'm more productive now than I've ever been. It's crazy how it's working. And yet, I still catch myself saying, I want to get back to normal. I just want to go back. But what if just getting back to normal isn't good enough? I mean, isn't that normal? We desperately want to get back to the same normal that we were complaining about and praying that God would intercede in two months ago. It's not like that normal was perfect, right? But most of us are willing to give just about anything to get it back. We just want to go back to normal. But what if 
just going back four weeks isn't going back far enough. I think when Jeremiah tells the people of Judah to go back to the ancient ways, we have to ask ourselves, what ways is he talking about and how far back do we have to go to get there? Jeremiah 6.16 is referencing the ways of the Mosaic tradition that are foundational, tried and true methods for getting through tough times, for right living and God-honoring behavior. These were things that their forefathers did in the faith, that things that should remain with us through the end of the age. These are the ways of repentance, reconciliation, and the fear and love of God. So what are these things? And what do they mean for us in this season? Well, Charles Spurgeon said, Repentance is a discovery of the evil of sin. It's a mourning that we have committed it and a resolution to forsake it. It is, in fact, a change of mind of a very deep and practical character which makes the man love once he wants, love what he once hated, and hate what he once loved. In a society where morals have crumbled and truth has turned into my truth and your truth and his truth, it's no wonder that repentance is something that has fallen away from our spiritual habits. J.I. Packer says, Repentance means turning from as much as you know of your sin to give as much as you know of yourself to as much as you know of your God. And as our knowledge grows at these three points, so our practice of repentance has to be enlarged. And I think that we're at a time in our history where the practice of repentance has to be enlarged in our culture. Reconciliation has to do with the relationship between God and man. We have been reconciled to God through the work of Christ on the cross. We are a, we are a new creation. And therefore, we are no longer enemies or ungodly sinners, but instead, reconciliation has justified us in God's eyes. It's a reminder that God loves us. He loved us enough to send his son to die for us. And as we accept his lordship in our lives, we should strive to do everything in our power to demonstrate our love and devotion back to him, which leads us to the fear and love of God. To fear God doesn't mean that we're afraid of him like we are uh, underneath some dictator who has unlimited power over us. It's more in line with the absolute reverence of the power and the might of the creator God. It's a respect thing. The Almighty God has called us by name to serve Him, and He is working in us, preparing us to be with Him for eternity. Now that should cause an inexpressible love, gratitude, and reverence to swell up in our soul. This same belief should cause us to fear committing sin against Him, because we want nothing else more in the world than to be pleasing to Him and to bring honor to His name. We fear the notion of causing God sorrow or grief because Scripture is clear how incredibly wretched sin is and how much God hates it and how much it hurts Him when we sin. And I think our culture and society has lost this. Our culture today doesn't fear God. I mean, what does it hurt to throw this culturally acceptable scene into this family movie or TV show? Ah, just, just put it in. No one will care. There's no fear, no reverence for God and his word. And without giving God the reverent fear he deserves, our culture today isn't showing him the true love that he deserves. To boil these down even further, these paths are the paths of righteousness and holiness. I recently read a study that stated 44% of Americans polled said that they see the global coronavirus pandemic and the economic meltdown as a wake-up call for us to turn back to the faith in God as signs of the coming judgment. It also stated that one in five non-Christians said that the crisis is causing them to start reading the Bible, to listen to Bible teaching, to listen to sermons online, even though this is something that they didn't usually do. People are looking for biblical prophecy. They're looking for God's plans for the future of mankind and even having spiritual conversations with family and friends that they never had before. Now, I don't believe that this is the end, but this is obviously not their normal. So it leads me to believe that it's either one of two things or both. Either they're going back to the ancient past that Jeremiah mentions that we already talked about, or their normal, as they knew it, is over. 
and the new normal is already taking root thanks to God. You see, God is the God of creation. He brings life from death and, and light from darkness. And I can't help but believe that he is working on something big here. And I believe that God is going to do something through this pandemic. So let's begin to ask ourselves. Let's ask ourselves some questions as we walk through this series, The New Normal. What if God is telling us to stop the chaos of the old normal, to take a breath and make the changes that are necessary in our lives right now, to go back to the ancient paths as we look forward to our new normal? What would have to stop in order for us to have a life that has time built in for real peace found only through Jesus, a life where priorities are in order? What's a part of your life that needs the reset button right now? What would a new normal look like for you as parents, for your kids, for your work life? What are the changes that we need to make right now in order to be ready for when this pandemic ends? See, I don't know what it's going to look like for you. But as we walk through this series, my hope for you is that by the end of it, that you can answer this with confidence. When all this is over, am I going back to the old chaos that I was already slowly drowning in? Or am I willing to take in this new normal that God has planned for me? That's a long way down. You know, it can be kind of exhilarating standing on a precipice. It's kind of an interesting human psychological phenomenon. Uh, It's that when we're standing up high and we're looking down to a steep drop, a lot of things can overcome us. And sometimes we can even feel an urge to jump. The French have a fancy term for this. It's described as the call of the void. Other people just call it high places phenomenon. Is that we're up on a precipice, we can become overwhelmed with our thoughts of seeing ourselves falling or tripping or slipping or even jumping. And I think that life sometimes can feel like we're on a precipice where we have all this beauty around us, but all of our thoughts seem to be fixated on counterfactuals and what-ifs and fears. And oftentimes, I think this comes about during disruption in our life, new normals. And some of those disruptions are good things. You know, things like a, a new job or marriage or kids. And some of those disruptions are hard things. Losing a job, losing a business, personal tragedies, losing a loved one. Oh, those can be hard things. Those can be overwhelming things where we look out and all all we see is a void. You know, it's like the, the Israelites as they were walking through the desert and they were saying, oh, I wish we could just go back to Egypt. And we can be like that too, just wanting to go back, just wanting to go back to the way that it was, going back to the way that it had been, going back. See, new normals can be hard, and we can't make it easy. The ancient path sometimes takes us through deserts, but it ultimately leads us to a promised land. You know, I love what the Apostle Paul says in the opening lines of Titus. He says this, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. 
When we face a new normal, we do so in ignorance. But God doesn't. He knows perfectly. And so in some sense, all of creation is a testimony to us. When God spoke and created the earth out of nothing, that was a new normal. He speaks those words knowing everything with all of history laid out before him. And yet he still says those words because he knows that it's worth it. He wouldn't have done it otherwise. You know, over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at specific examples of disruptions and new normals that happen to the people of God. And we're going to see how God worked through all of that for his purposes, pointing ourselves to that ancient path, to that old ways, the godliness. Now, we're not looking back with just some sort of nostalgia. We're not looking back for some longing for yesteryear. No, we're looking back to remind ourselves of who it is that we're following. We're looking down so that we can see what we're standing on, that we're standing on the rock, that we're secure, that our foundation is firm so that we can then lift our eyes and take in new views, take in new horizons, take in new ventures, and take in new normals. I think this is going to be a great series for us, and I hope that you'll join us. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.